Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Here to discuss all the events of the week is our good friend, Bill Crystal. Thanks so much for your time. We're, we're going to talk about the week Hillary had here in just a second. But I want to start with President Obama and the different way he responded to the Ferguson shooting versus the incident in Cambridge when he first became president, when he announced that the local police acted stupidly. Uh, is this a president who perhaps has learned something? I, I hope so, and I think in light of you know rioting going on, which wasn't happening in Cambridge, it's a little uh, um, you know harder to take cheap shots or, or, or posture for grandstand. I, he, he might have said even less than he did say, but I haven't followed honestly what's happening, what's happened, and what's happening in Ferguson closely enough uh, to have a very intelligent opinion about who did what right and wrong. But I suppose that's true of most of us, and that's why we have inquiries and courts and and prosecutors and so forth. But I, I think the, the responsible thing to do, obviously, is to try to stop the uh, stop the rioting, stop the disturbances, and let law enforcement go about investigating what happened. You know, it's interesting, before President Obama was elected, one of the arguments I heard from a lot of people who were kind of swing voters, not sure how to vote, was, well, if we elect President Obama and we have a black president, he'll be able to use the bully pulpit and his moral authority to help prevent you know, O.J. Simpson-like public events. And then you look at what has happened on his watch. It's, it's, I'm wondering how do we get to a point where this president really doesn't seem to be able to, you know, lead and to have an impact on racial events or, you know, race-inspired conflict in the United States? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was wrong about this. I, I obviously didn't support President Obama, but I did think it could have a good effect on race relations, which I think were already going, incidentally, in a pretty good direction. When you really look back at the Clinton and Bush years, it wasn't a time of, I don't think, except maybe for OJ, actually, a time of, of, of you know, heightened or fraught race relations. Right. Um, and we had, you know, Condi Rice was Secretary of State and Colin Powell, and no one really could say anymore that uh, African Americans couldn't make it in America and, and so forth. There were the old problems of poverty and broken families, uh, et cetera. I do, and I, I really say this with regret, not, not as a partisan matter. I do think it's possible that race relations have gotten a little worse under President Obama, which I wouldn't have predicted, and I don't think most people predicted. I don't know, and I think it's partly because, who knows why it is, it's complicated, obviously, but an awful lot of people, let's put it this way, were tempted to play the race card. It turns out with President Obama as president, with Barack Obama as president, they were more tempted to play the race card than before so, right. than our African-American was president, which is a little crazy, you'd say. I do think Eric Holder, the attorney general, has a fair amount of responsibility for this. I think President Obama was most, has mostly been pretty restrained and pretty uh, responsible on race issues. I mean, I don't agree with him on some of the substance, but I don't think he's demagogued it a whole lot. Right. Uh, Eric Holder, I can't say the same for him, and I really think he has been uh, a bad force as attorney general and a strong force and a strong force in the wrong direction. And you make a good point. And, and you know, there was a time when if we were debating health care policy, people would be yelling at each other about policy. Now it's you hate my health care policy because you're racist. And President Obama hasn't inspired that. It's been the people around him or, or, or whatever supporting you know, Obamacare who have done it. And I think the rise of identity politics, ethnic politics in the, in the, in the Democratic Party has really been damaging. And uh, they may not have intended coming in to play those cards, but they've certainly right. done it in, in big time with Latinos, play, you know, trying to make the immigration issue, which is a serious public policy issue, all about do you like Hispanics? Do you like Hispanic Americans? Do you like immigrants or not? Which is ridiculous, of course. Uh, and I think that's spilled over, actually, to the question of, of race. Uh, another uh, uh, week, that the, uh, another person I should say in the news this week who's had not a very good week is uh, Hillary Clinton. I'm trying to figure out, Bill, if it's Friday, does this mean that she's President Obama's best pal or that she thinks he's the worst foreign policy president since Jimmy Carter? I'm trying, is it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that she's pro? And Tuesday? I can't keep track of the schedule. 
Well, she can try to take back some of what she said, but she very consciously decided to distance herself from the president, especially on foreign policy, the area she was responsible for, obviously, for the first term. I think it was not foolish in the sense that I, I think she looked at Obama's foreign policies and decided, oh, my God, they're in awfully bad shape and it's just going to get worse. I've got to distance myself. Uh, and she has a chance, I think, of a with a compliant media of establishing a narrative that, you know, while she was there and Petraeus and, and, and Panetta and Gates – the grown-ups were there. It was things weren't so bad. It all went downhill after she left. I think that's what she'll implicitly try to, to say. Obviously, she'll make up with President Obama and try to keep the left somewhat pacified. So I don't think it's foolish of her. I think it does raise two problems for her. One is just her, her manifest insincerity. I mean, Jay Cost has a good piece about this at the Weekly Standard website today. At some point, you just all the maneuvering, all the calculating, all the triangulating. You just wonder if voters, Democratic and Republican, are going to get sick of that. And secondly, Peggy Noonan makes this point. Um, you know, the Democratic Party has moved to the left, and Hillary Clinton is running a campaign in the spirit of her husband's in 92, in the spirit of her own in 2008. 92 was successful, 2008 wasn't, uh, which is you've got to go to the center. You've got to show if you're a Democrat that you're willing to be a little bit hawkish and use force occasionally. And I just don't know that that's where the Democratic Party is. I do think the chances of Elizabeth Warren challenging Hillary Clinton went up a lot in the last week. I, you, it's just so disturbing, Bill. Don't you see it? It's all about sincerity. When you can fake that, you've got it made. Yeah, and Hillary Clinton point. will fake any kind of sincerity you want her to fake. She's she's a 100% authentic opportunist. Don't you see that? I, I do see it. And the question is, do the American people see it? And, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I'm not good at faking <laughs> sincerity, so I'm not a good judge of this. Maybe you're a better judge of this, Michael. You were a stand-up comic. No, you're, and you you're have missing a better, it. You're you have missing. a better sense of how to do this kind of thing. But I... I, I uh, I, I'm dubious. Don't you think people just look at her and at some point think, oh, my God, I mean, could you just have someone who says what he or she thinks is president? She is completely authentically inauthentic. She is a 100 percent real fake. And that's going to work great for her in 2016. Bill Crystal, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.